Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the Bears Beat right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR. My name is Joshua Toot, sitting to my left after his absence on our last show, which was uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Wow. That's it's been a minute. That is, it's been more than a minute. Uh, Jack, hi. Jack, great to be back with you. Uh, yes, sir. It was a great episode uh, two weeks ago. We had Imani Justice on. We were talking about the football season, trying to get a recap um, not only of of this year, but also to last year. We talked a lot about last year and what the PSAC championship meant. But, Jack, new week, new episode. I haven't seen you, or we haven't talked on air for about two weeks. How have you been? Let's let's talk. Let's catch up a little. Yeah, bit. I mean, I've been good. I enjoyed my Thanksgiving. We're back. We're uh, you know nearing the last week of classes here, Josh. This oh, semester is yeah. winding down, man. It's almost over. Do not re- do not remind me. I still got a ton of projects, Jack. I just want to I just want to you know remind something to you though. Um, I'm even going to pull it up on my computer here, uh, Jack. I really hope to God that you uh, enjoyed your Thanksgiving because. Um, you know, this was a really uh, nice game right here that uh, I'll even show you right there. I yes. See. Yeah, I see. Cowboys over Giants. That was, that was a good game, though. I, I was talking to a lot of people in, in the hall I work for, Dixon, you know, about that game. And they weren't even Cowboys or Giants fans. They thought that was just a great game overall. But that's the last time I'll remind you about that. Jack, it's great to be back here. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to talk about a small story, though, on our station. Jack... If anybody knows Mitchell Smedley, he runs Redneck Rush Hour, um, a good friend of ours. He joined us as our sideline reporter for football. Who told the waitress at Texas Roadhouse that it was his birthday? Who t- uh, that was like a that was a joint uh, agreed upon thing. We kind of oh like oh he oh he even wanted it. Yeah 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 yeah. We predetermined it beforehand. Oh jeez. Yeah. Did they give him like a, a piece of cake or no? Know? They just they just sent him. In wow. The, uh, well, that's a little yeehaw. To be honest, that's pretty pathetic i mean uh, you know i would think you know maybe a, a free slice of cake but you know can you believe that but jack enough talking let's get into basketball here and jack i mean our heartbreak from last year from basketball season is continuing right along into this year as the Owen five men's basketball team is on a roll right now they are definitely on a hot streak but not the hot streak you want to be on i would say with a well yeah more like a cold streak here man yeah I, it's it's pretty bad um not the best start at all. 0 and five. Um, you know, the you know even looking at the Georgia Court Wilmington game. You know, we K-War carried actually both of those games. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed covering basketball. Um, would have been nice to have a win, but you know, only so much you could do. Um, Jack, I mean, looking at this Georgia Court game, that was a game they e- easily could have won. I think. Um, you know, and. That was that was a game that I think most of of that contest they had in their favor just could not finish once again. And I mean, lo- looking at it, you know they they had some key players that really stepped up. You know, I mean Wesley once again, 19 points. Roberts Hugger 18. You know, you also had Jalen Bryan with 15. I mean, I'm just not understanding how they're how like how they can't win these games because everything's lining up in their favor. I mean. Scoring seventy points is still pretty good. I mean, you hold you hold the other team in total from the field to only shooting forty five point seven percent from three. You only hold them to thirty percent. I mean, what more do you need to do? I mean, I I'm just not understanding this here anymore. Yeah, I mean, look, it's the things that not are like you know the things you don't really look at in the box score, which is not the score. I mean, look, you're zero and five, uh, but you know what's the identity of this team? I mean, they don't. 
you know, the three-point shooting isn't great. Uh, you know, offensive sets, they there's not like a set go-to kind of style of play that they go down there. They just, you know, dish it around and try to get, you know, either Wes open and then they try to dish it underneath the Tucker. I mean, Tucker works in the post. Wesley, you know, mostly consists of mid-range jumpers. But other than that, I mean, there's no really continuity from this group. The offensive identity, it's just, it's not there. Uh, you know, if you look at, try to analyze what this offense does and what they're trying to go down the floor and do, there's not really much of an answer that you can give. I mean, you get a certain couple of players involved, like I mentioned with Wes and Tucker, who lead the team in scoring on average per game with double digits. But, I mean, other than that, it's hard-pressed to find a consistent score night in and night out. So it's really tough to win games when you got two guys who you, you know, really rely on for a bulk of your scoring, and then you try to piece it together after that. So, I mean, for me, it's, look, I mean, the pace of play, Georgian Court really controlled this one. Uh, they were trying to keep it up-tempo. Uh, and slow it down when they need to. They played a little, you know, high pressure defense with the full court press there. Uh, try to, you know, wear down that shot clock. And by the time Kutztown would get it across half court, sometimes it'd be down at 20, and then you get a tough look. I mean, you wouldn't even get a quality look at the basket until about eight or seven seconds in the shot clock, maybe if that. So, I mean, it was just hard pressed to find consistent, good offensive looks all night long. Yeah, it's credit Georgia Court's defense for that. Uh, but also the dry spells on offense for this team. I mean, they are hard pressed to find consistent scoring. There's, you know, a bulk of times where you go three, four minutes without getting a basket, and it's just like it's not easy to win games, and you're having those many minute stretches where you're not getting points up on the board. It allows your opponents to go on big runs, and then you're just playing catch up from there on out. So it's not not really a recipe for success. And I think those are a lot of the key factors of why this team started zero and five. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you put it out there. I mean, that really was the reality right there. Um, you know, Georgian Court, obviously we talked about they only shot 46%. That's rounded up from 45.7. But they throw up 70 shots. On the three-point line, they throw up 20. To Kutztown, from the field, they only throw up 58 shots. From the three, they only shot up 15. I mean, you know, they had a lot more opportunities. And, you know, Georgian Court had some strong defense. And, you know, I mean... It really just comes down to gaining opportunities, but we'll we'll continue this discussion in one second. A quick announcement from the KUR Notebook. Attention KU community. Want to join a campus club that has a focus on activism, racial justice, gender equity, self-empowerment, and anti-violence? If so, come join FMLA. FMLA meets every Tuesday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. at room 104 in the Boxwood House. We hope to see you there. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. If you're just tuning in, welcome into the Bears Beat. This is a show run on every Fridays where we talk about everything Golden Bear Athletics. My name is Joshua Two. Sitting to my left is Jack Heim. And uh, Jack, I mean, you know, you, you put it perfect. I mean, what really more is there to talk about with this game? You know, they Kutztown could not get many opportunities going. And really just looking at this, I mean, Jamal Waters, I mean, he gave Kutztown a, a day to remember um, with two blocks, nine rebounds. So he was one short of the double-double. But also, too, I would say Clint Wright Jr. also gave Kutztown a, a really hard time. I mean, on the defensive side, he really didn't do much. Three rebounds, you know, two offensive, one defense, but no blocks. But, I mean, the, the scorebook doesn't really tell the tale of those two guys. I mean, we knew coming in, Clint and Jamal would, you know, have big days. But, I mean, you know, just Kutztown could not find an answer for those two. I mean, even in the scoring, no one even really came close to them. I would say Justin Serrano, but he had 12. But, I mean, other than that, really, really nobody else had days like them. And, I mean, looking at the other side of the scorebook, Kutztown had the same type of offense going. They had three big players who were scoring a lot of points, Wesley, Robert, and uh, Jalen Bryant. 
But what the difference, I think, was is, though, you know, coming off the bench, I mean, not even that. Shane Williams as well with nine points. But other than that, really, their bench points didn't really amount to much. I mean, Justin Serrano, obviously, with 12 coming off the bench. But, I mean, Jelani Jackson with nine, Hassan Jackson with four, and Jalen Bates with two. I mean, that's not really much bench points, I would say, other than Justin Serrano. But it just doesn't really make sense. I, I still can't even get a grasp on this. Because this is a game that Kutztown really should have won, but they didn't. Yeah, well, look, you mentioned Clint Wright Jr. He was efficient all day long, 6 of 13 from the floor, and he shot 3 of 5 from beyond the arc. And then when they needed it most for Georgian Court, uh, he made some big free throws late in the game, and that's really what allowed them to ice it and win by 6. Look, it was a close game. You know, Kutztown did a good job to stay in it, battle back, but at the end of the day, they just couldn't get enough offense produced. Uh, to come away with a win in this one, and that's really where it is all said and done. You mentioned Justin Serrano. His impact was really made in the first half. He had 10 points going into the break, only scored two in the second half, so he really was diminished in half number two. Uh, but, you know, it was really Wright and Waters who did the bulk of the work on the offensive end, uh, like you mentioned, Josh. But, you know, it's a tough pill to swallow. you got to keep moving on. Um, this team continues to, you know, face blow after blow here and here they're going with, uh, you know, the amount of losses they've sustained this far in out-of-conference play. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's really at the point now that, you know, I thought this season would be a lot different than last year because they made they did make some key additions. We talked about that a couple times, you know, with, um, you know, possibly the Whippin' brothers stepping up, you know, Will Meeker. Will didn't even have any minutes in that game. Why, I, I don't even want to know. Um, Brendan Boyle, you know, he was a big addition, I thought. You know, Ryan Glassbacker, you know, he, he these guys were big products coming out of high school. Ryan from Bethlehem Catholic, um, Brendan from Notre Dame, um, and Will from Parkland. These were three guys that, you know, I, I followed pretty closely, you know, throughout their high school careers. And, you know, they had an outstanding high school season. But the transition that they're making right now isn't efficient. So, you know, it needs to come sooner rather than later. Um, and you know, one, one quick thing before we move on. I mean, look, it is a tough transition. The college game is completely different than the high school game. Uh, if you look at the way you have to be able to play, the style, you got to be a little bit more physical because you're going up against, you know, if you're a freshman, you're going to be playing some seniors. And they're going to be fi- big physical guys who've been in college weight rooms for years and they've been training. And, you know, it's, the, it's a different game. The college is a clear step up uh, from high school, so it's different. And, you know, it's going to take time to make that set adjustment. Uh, you know, I've been impressed with some of the things that some of those young guys have shown in the early going of the season. But there's obviously some, you know, some things they got to, you know, improve on. It's the growing pains of being a young college athlete. Uh, you know, there's some things you have to take some time to adjust to in the college game, and that goes for across, you know, every sport uh, at the college ranks. So I mean, it's not going to be, you know, that these guys are going to come in and they're going to be stars right away. That's not, you know, often the case if you're a freshman. Uh, it's really only if you're like top of the top, a high profile recruit. And not saying these guys, you know, are bad, but they're not, you know, guys that are like top of recruiting boards is what I'm saying. So, I mean, they're, they're good players, but it's going to take some time to adjust to the college level. So, um, you know, that's just what you have to expect. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, it really just, like you said, it's, it, it is a tough transition. Um, and I think, you know, after this year, I want to hope for the best, but I, I really don't know what this team holds. And, I mean, looking at their next game against Wilmington, that was another game that you and I both were there for. Um, and... It's it was just an, another one of those games that Kutztown had a lot going in their favor. They they had a big I would say first half. I mean, you know, it, from the field they shot 40 41.46% from the three-point line they shot almost almost terrible. They only shot 8%. I mean, but you know, in the second half they stepped up big time hitting 50% of their shots. So that's a little bit better. Um 
from the field, though, they only shot 32%. So, I mean, Wilmington, you know, they stepped it up on defense. Um, But, I mean, even looking at the first half, Kutztown and Wilmington were tied at 36. You know, Kutztown battled back within that game. And even those last two minutes, I would say Kutztown fought. Like, I would say till to the end, even in my opinion. But, you know, they just couldn't outlast, you know, big players like Randy Rickards, Justin Thomas, Amiri Stewart. Amiri had himself probably the best last five minutes of basketball I've ever seen. Um, and Jordan Jackson as well, you know. Jordan Jackson, he was a, a big, big power, you know, on the assist side of things, you know, setting up scoring opportunities. But, you know, I would say, though, I, w- I want to focus more on those last couple minutes because that's where Kutztown really could have could have won it, in my opinion. But, I mean, you know, at, at this point in time, you know, Kutztown is just, I mean, this is almost maybe a rebuilding year, but we thought last year was a rebuilding year, though. So, I mean, what is this year going to hold for the Golden Bears at this moment in time? Uh, I, it's I, not I, looking good, I'll tell you that. I, I mean, there's some things that they got to work on, but there's some... Uh, issues pull- here that might be on repair for he's pulling, the season. He's pulling up the stats guy. I, you know, I, I, I always used to say to him in football season, he would always bring in all these numbers. You know, I, I, I have no idea where you find these numbers. So you're gonna have to show me. I, I, I could always appreciate the help. So what, what do we got on the stats? All right. Side so of for Wilmington here, I mean, look, you mentioned Jordan Jackson came into the game averaging just under 17 points a game. Only put up nine, but he put up eight dimes. I mean, eight assists. I mean, it was a good game for him. Uh, you know, really setting up his teammates to get some chances here. But before I get back into the stats, I think a padlock stat in the box score side of things uh, was second chance points for Wilmington. I mean, they had 17 second chance points on 11 offensive rebounds. I mean, you just cannot let that happen. You, you know, the rebounding was a plus in this game because Kutztown was plus 10 as a whole. Uh, but in general, once Wilmington got second chances, it felt like they cashed in almost every chance they had. So for me... The defense, the interior defense specifically, uh, it was a te- uh, you know a problem that plagued this team last year. You know, just inside, you know, bigger guys would be able to go in there and get buckets at will. And it kind of feels like that's kind of the same problem again uh, so far this year. So that's something you know you got to look to fix. You know, Tucker's a good rim protector, getting those blocks. But you know, other than that, down low they don't really got a, you know a defensive stalwart is what I'm looking for here. So Randy Records really did a good job. Uh, for Wilmington playing well and kind of exposing some of the weaknesses on this defense. 17 points, you mentioned 13 rebounds, so that double-double, including five offensive boards. And Rickards did a really good job putting up some key scoring late for Wilmington to help them kind of pull away and ice this game. He had, I think, about maybe six to eight points in the final seven minutes or so. He was just able to pick it. They were running the fast break pretty well, uh, and Rickards was just able to go downhill, attack the basket, and get some huge buckets uh, for, for for the Wildcats. So, I mean, for me... It was him, and then Justin Thomas had a big first half. He had 12 in the first half, only four and a half number two, uh, but some big free throws late uh, to help ice the game. So, again, it was kind of similar to the ending of the Georgian court game with the free throws late, icing it, and Kutztown just wasn't able to do enough on the second half. I mean, they were only down by three at halftime against Georgian court. They were tied at halftime against Wilmington, uh, but Wilmington was able to do enough in the second half to just, you know, get a solid enough lead late and pull away. I also want to bring up something as well. Um, On the rebound side of things, Kutztown even won that battle, 45-35. to On the offensive side of things, they had 20 offensive rebounds to Wilmington's 11. On the defensive side, they had 25 rebounds to Wilmington's 24. So, yeah, they had a lot of second-chance points, but Kutztown, I mean, had 10 themselves, 10 fast-break points to Wilmington's 14. On the bench side of things, I think that's where they really won it, you know, with 20 to only Kutztown's 11. I mean, they're really... 
only key scores off the bench, I would say, would be Jordan Harding against his old school, um, Jalen Bryant with three, and uh, Chase with two. But, you know, it's it just doesn't even make sense. But, Jack, we're going to have to take our first break of the day. Um, but when we come back, um, we're going to talk more about men's basketball and dive right into the other side of basketball, women's basketball. This is the Bears Beat, where we talk about everything Golden Bear Athletics right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR, stay with us. You're home for the best coverage of Golden Bear Athletics right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR, this is the Bears Beat. My name is Joshua Tutu. Sitting to my left is Jack Hyde. And Jack, before the break, we talked about, you know, you know, an overall recap of, uh, you know, the past, I would say even three weeks of Golden Bear men's basketball. And, you know, just before we move on, just some final outtakes, you know, what, you know, what, what do we got? Give me something here. Look, I mean, look, they got to turn it around. We mentioned the rebounding real quick. Uh, it was a plus in this game, but it's kind of been a problem so far to start this year is just cleaning up the glass, you know, on the defensive end, getting those extra chances on offense with some offensive rebounds. And, you know, Robert Tucker's been a really good job for that. He's done a really good job for this team. Uh, you know, 13 rebounds in this game against Wilmington. He's averaging a double-double on the season. So he's done a really good job on the offensive side of things uh, with the scoring, but he's also done a good job on both ways, offensive rebound and defensive rebounding. Uh, for this team, he's been you know the main guy uh, in terms of that. But I'm looking for someone else to have him out. I mean, we saw the Whippin brothers against uh, you know Wilmington. They were able to do a good job, help with the rebounding side of things. But you know, Kyle fouled out of that game. You know, there were some controversial calls. I'm not going to sit here and I say would, the refs I were would, great. I would say more than controversial calls. They were some of them were. Wow, I'll just say that. But continue, continue. Yeah. I mean, they, they had some help there with the Whippin brothers rebounding. They have some good size there. You know, Kyle six seven, uh, Chase six five. I mean, they do, they do a good job. You know, kind of a hybrid role. You know, Whippin's kind of that you know small forward slash power forward type role when he's in. You know, that's what we saw him. You know, on that Monday game against Wilmington. Uh, but you know, and Chase does a good job being you know a smaller you know a smaller three, but he can also play that two role too. He's not the best of shooters, but you know that for his size, he can kind of fill that role too. So this team has some interesting players. I, I you know just trying to figure out their roles. And I think it's still early on in the season, so they're trying to learn how to play with each other. I mean, there's a lot of new phases with this team. We mentioned eight new guys, whether being transfers or incoming freshmen. So, you know, it's just still trying to find a way to play with each other and try to find a way to complement each other's games. Because right now, it's kind of a disjunct, you know, disjointed group, I would say. I mean, there's guys, you know, there's, you know, the better players on the team, but they're just trying to find a way to complement each other's games and play for each other. I think it's just the main thing that they're trying to figure out right now. Yeah, that happened yesterday. I I, I know, but did you see the third hashtag? <laughs> Even better. Yeah, huh? I did see but, that. Yeah, funny. but uh, yeah, um, you know, Jackie Jackie worded it perfectly. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of good players. I'll say that, but I think the problem, like you said, is that they're all different and. You know, as playing as a team is is tough. You know, you're pulling guys off the street basically and say, "All right, boys, go out there, have and you know, let's win." Yeah, I mean, it's you know, tough. I, yeah, you know, if, if you're looking at like, you know, for example, you know, Wes is a better mid range shooter. That's what he does. He's able to just find ways to, you know, create his own mid range looks. I would say. Uh, but then you got a guy like Samick, who's a good, you know, step into a three ball shooter. He's not a guy who's going to create his own three point shots, but he can get to the spot and make a shot if you give him an open opportunity. Uh, now he's got to, you know, improve on that. He hasn't been the most dynamic three point shooter so far to start the season. But when he's on, he can, you know, shoot the three ball, you know, as good as anyone in the conference, I would say, in my personal opinion. Uh, but, you know, for me, it's just finding ways, you know, for those two examples and for the rest of the team, just trying to find ways to put guys in better position to succeed and play to each other's strengths. It's just what they've had to start doing, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, they, it really is tough. I mean, they like like I said, you know, to be a successful program, you need to play together for probably about four, you know, three years, at least two, at least two to be a good team. And you know, it, it it's gonna be tough. You know, this is almost the rebuilding period. Um, but all we can do is hope at this point. But uh, Jack, I starts with one win. You gotta start with one. Yeah, I mean, you know, one could one could start a momentum. That's uh, and you know. We gotta hope for the best here, but Jack, I gotta tell you a good story too. I I actually have a class with one of the basketball players, and I'm gonna let you guess who it is in just a second. We have an economics class, and the professor's name is Dr. Lee. Oh my god, it's so funny. They 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 were standing like next to each other one day, and I was just almost laughing because this this lady, she's very nice, very good at what she does. She's about like five foot four though, and this kid's like six foot like eight nine, seven uh, at that higher range. A freshman. Who would you have? To, who would you guess that? Freshman. Ooh. Oh my! It's. Is it Ryan? Yeah, yeah. 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 He's 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 a really good kid. I'll tell you that. I I sit next to him in class. You know, and it's a it's a good class. But uh, you know, it's it's tough. I'll tell you that. Um, but Jack, uh, let's let's turn to a, a new topic here because I, I don't want to just talk about negatives here. Um, Jack, I mean, you know. We talk about, you know, I, I love the athletics here. I really do at Kutztown, you know. But uh, but obviously, at the end of the day, we're all here to get a degree, become employable individuals, you know. And, I mean, these these four players, they stepped up big time this season in football. You know, Donnie Blaine had an outstanding year. Drone cap, 85 plus 8 equals 6. That's what I always said. Tyler Wary and Parker Zimorowski, you know, they stepped up on the field. But they also stepped up in the classroom. They are... All four of them were named to the 2022 CSC Academic All-District Team. So congratulations to them. You know, it's not an easy feat, you know, to be outstanding football players and put in the work in the class, you know. But obviously, you know, it's they really understand what college is about. And I got to give all the credit to them right there. Absolutely. You know, the term is coined a uh, student athlete and, you know, they do a good job on the football field. Uh, you know, being the athlete side of things, but it's also important to get things done in the classroom. I mean, you, you're, you know, there are academic requirements. You know, you have to be academically eligible as long as, you know, you're, you know, athletically eligible with your years you've played as well. So, I mean, you know, it's serious, you know, stuff, to, you know, on the field and off the field. And they're doing a good job in the classroom of, you know, taking care of business, you know, both sides as being the student part and the athlete side of things. So congratulations, uh, you know, to all four of them uh, for their, you know, accolades in the in the classroom as well. Do you actually know what the GPA is to become academically ineligible for the NCAA through all three divisions? It's the same. Okay, that's a good question. I think it's they always it's it's a famous phrase they always use. I know because they they I'm stress that in high school for at least a lot of bordering RF. on two numbers. I was thinking a two, two point zero or two point five. It's actually right in the middle, 2.3. Okay, 2.3. 2.3 or take a knee is what they always used yeah, to say because they had posters, but 2.3. Ballparking it there. It was yeah, close. Yeah, that's, that's actually a pretty decent guess, I would say. Um, but, Jack, I mean, you know, we gave enough credit to them. Um, let's give some credit to Kayla Argent. I mean, Kayla Argent was an outstanding player um, for the women's, field, women's soccer team, excuse me. You know, she was outstanding last year you know she was outstanding this year you know through that great championship run that unfortunately got abrupted you know when they played Westchester you know that was a goal that was scored in the final two minutes and not even the final two minutes like the final minute and um you know but we have to recognize you know that she was named to the United States coaches all Atlantic region first team so congratulations to her for 
you know, an, another outstanding year, you know, a, a, di- a District 11 graduate out of Pocono Mountain East, you know, she comes from a tough district to play in as well, you know, District 11 is, is, is extremely tough to win, you know, and I think that really did help her prepare for her college days, but, you know, she, she has been an outstanding figure, you know, this year, but she was also named to the United States. United Soccer Coaches third team All American. So not only is she an All American, but she's an All Region as well. So, you know, congratulations to her. You know, two amazing accomplishments. I would definitely say that's the way you want to go out on your college career. I mean, yeah, you know, Kayla's had a very illustrious career uh, here at Cutstown. You know, so many accolades, so many awards. Uh, and all rightfully so. I mean, this year might have been one of her, if not the best year for her. Career high in points, 26. You know, eight goals and 10 assists. Both were team highs and led the team. So, I mean, you know, Kayla had a great year and was a big part of why this team went on the run they did and gave Westchester a really good run for their money uh, up there in Albany. I mean, you know, we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago when they lost to Bloomsburg in the PSAC tournament and how it was kind of a, you know, a step back from what we saw last year. But the way this team was able to fight and scratch and claw uh, when their season was on the line, it was impressive. Uh, it really was. And, you know, we really, really didn't get to talk about that a whole lot, but it was but, impressive the job that they did uh, and really almost came away with a win against Westchester. You mentioned it was a final two-minute goal there. Uh, now Westchester's in the D2 championship against Western Washington out in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's really tough. We can we actually even have a couple minutes to talk about that, that game if you want to just briefly touch on it, you know. And, I mean, that was a game that, you know, I was actually, we were actually watching Amani and I was, you know, we knew what was playing, so I, I put it on, you know, and... We, we just kept, you know, watching and watching, and it was 0-0 at the half, you know, 20 minutes left to go, 10 minutes left to go, 5 minutes left to go, and then in that final 2 minutes, you know, they they, they somehow put a put a goal in. I, I have no idea. They they put it through so much so much traffic that it was almost unbelievable that that goal, that goal was scored. Um but you know it was it was it was a season to remember, I'll say that. Um you know, I was a little hesitant about this team. I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I said, you know, they, they needed to, um, you know, have a good playoff run. Um, this was That was the last time, you know, a lot of those players would play together. Um, but, you know, they gave Westchester a run for their money. They really did. Um, and, you know, I it's it's tough because now you're seeing Westchester have all this success. You know, they're out in Seattle right now playing, you know, that's I'll tell you that that's pretty heartbreaking. Heartbreaking when you're seeing a team that you could have easily beat, and it came down to the wire. And now you're seeing them play in the championship. You're almost thinking to yourself, that could have been me. You know, I could I could have been out there. But you know, obviously this was a season to remember. The past two years have been seasons to remember because you know there was a lot of success. You know, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. But overall, another um great season I would think for the um, soccer team you know wasn't the way that they wanted to finish but I'll tell you this they finished strong they really did yeah they did they went out high and you know they played a solid solid game and you know they have a lot to be proud of the way you know with the fight they put up because Westchester was one of the best teams in the country it was the third meeting I mean and they didn't play really great when I saw them here you know hosting Westchester the first time around Westchester really controlled that game but I felt like the you know as the season went on and they saw them more, they did a really good job of making adjustments, improving, and playing a better game. Uh, you know, and giving that one of the best teams in the in you know in the nation, Division Two. You know, a really really good run for their money, and it came down to the final minutes. You know, just so just proud of this team uh, the way they were able to finish the season. I know it happened you know a couple of weeks ago, but it was something we really need to address with how you know important that season's end was. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it really was important. And we need to also focus on one more topic. You know, the, the almost the upsetting, you know, loss of the field hockey team. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm still I'm still in shock that they lost that game. By even the score. I mean, 2 nothing. you know, I mean, it was, um, I, I can't even still believe it, you know, because obviously, you know, about like, 17 days before about a, a, two weeks ago they beat them one nothing and then at the championship round they lost at home to East Stroudsburg you know two nothing and now East Stroudsburg is playing in the in the national championship against Shippensburg and not to mention that Shippensburg was a team that that Kutztown absolutely dominated four to one you know that that was one of the meanings that was actually I believe the only meaning between those two teams. So what I'm I'm not getting is the fact that Kutztown beat Shippensburg by four to one, but Shippensburg's playing for the national title when rightfully so it should be Kutztown. I'm just not getting this. This is almost almost absurd. I mean, I mean, it, well, look. The thing is here, what you have the, to look at look is at that the, look at the bracket size. I mean. Kutztown didn't do themselves any favors by losing in the semifinals. They had to win one game to move on, and it would have been more than likely set in stone, even if they would have lost the PSC Championship game. Uh, they were going, uh, you know, to the NCAA tournament, but that's just not the way it shook out. Um, and you know, they were the one seed; they had everything in front of them. Uh, and it was, you know, at the end of the day, East Stroudsburg got it done. Look, you know, the way we look at it, the PSCC is, you know, probably the best field hockey conference in Division Two, um, and. You know, those top four teams in the tournament, any of them could have won the title. I mean, Kutztown, East Stroudsburg, Shippensburg, and Millersville were all there. And it was just a matter of fact that they didn't weren't able to get it done. They just were not able to get it done when they needed to most, and that's kind of why their season ended short, uh, you know, of where they wanted it to be. And, you know, that great season uh, was all for naught there. And, you know, it's really, really disheartening. Uh, to see it end that way. But now East Stroudsburg and Chippensburg, like you mentioned earlier, you know, they will square off in the championship. That's tomorrow at 4 p.m. So East Stroudsburg trying to bring home uh, you know, a national title, and it would send another one back to the PSAC. So. And Chippensburg's Sh- going for the for the two-peat, back-to-backs. So, you know, I mean, the, the I was actually there up at Chippensburg when they honored the field hockey team, and, you know, they if they could go back-to-back, that would... That would probably bring them the most momentum probably any team has had in any sport in a while. I mean, back-to-back national championships. Did you hear of that? And that would be five and six years. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, Shippensburg, I, I 2016, mean, seven, 2017 Shippensburg, 2018 Shippensburg, 2019 went to Westchester, 2020 was postponed due to COVID, and uh, 2021 also went to Shippensburg. So that's four and five years. That's almost... And then five and six years if they can win against East Stroudsburg. East Stroudsburg vying for their first title since 2015. I can't even believe this because that's probably better than any other team I've seen. I'm trying to compare it to men's college basketball. I don't even think Duke or like Vanderbilt had a better run than that team right there. I'm not saying they're on the same level, not one bit. But that is probably one of the best runs I've ever seen in probably my lifetime and yeah i mean it's a dynasty type run you don't see it too often but uh you know the job that uh, you know tara zollinger is done there at chippensburg has been you know outstanding and uh you know it's it's incredible it's incredible what they've been able to accomplish but uh east stroudsburg looking to snap that uh and give themselves another title 
Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they got it set up. Um, this could be six and seven years. Six and seven years. And even if they didn't, even if they beat Westchester, that would be set, like, that would be seven and seven years. Oh, my. It's seven in a row. But, uh, uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's dominant. But ESU, uh, this that team, you know, I watched them in the championship against Millersville. It's a special group. Uh, it's a special, special group. They were able to, you know, Every time they were faced with a little bit of adversity in the game, they found a way to respond. And that team, they, you know, it's a special, special group over there. You know, they have a lot of good international talent, uh, you know, representing that team. And I think I would not be surprised one bit. They're the one seed. And if I had to give my prediction, I think ESU would come away with the championship. No, you know, no slight to Shippensburg, but, you know, that ESU team that we that I saw, you know, at the championship game was top of the top. They were, they were really, really good. If I if I can hear you say that they're really good, then I'll have to take your word for it because we've seen a lot of really good teams over the past two years. So I haven't seen them personally, but I mean, they have a chance to have a chance to snap Shippensburg streak here a little bit. You know, they're they're on it. They're on a run right now. But I mean, one thing you know you have to remember though is records don't matter. You know, past games don't matter. It's it's down to the final wire. Teams can. I've seen miracles um, in every sport, um, and you know that field hockey championship is going to be no different. But Jack, we're going to have to take another break here. Um, you're going to be sad with me. I didn't prepare a trivia question. I did not. I'm so sorry. I was running a little late this morning. It's okay, buddy. But, happens uh, to the best of us. But stick around for more uh, Golden Bear Athletics news. As we try to get into our women's basketball discussion after the break, this is the Bears Beat, where we talk about everything Golden Bear Athletics right here on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. K-Wars, stay with us. Keep it here, keep it real. This is the Bears Beat, where we talk about everything Golden Bear Athletics news, updates, upcoming events right here on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. K-Wars, my name is Josh. Two saying to my left is Jack Heim. Jack, I was looking on Twitter and a couple of uh, things that I saw... One, uh, I, I don't think Antonio Brown is done with that standoff. I, I think I think he's still refusing to come out. I don't think police have left just yet. So, uh, AB always at the center of the controversy. And yeah, uh, <laughs> him and uh, yay. Oh, we're not. You know, no, no, no. We are yeah. not going to talk about that. Uh, 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 no, no. All I was going to say was that uh, they are like. They're they're always at the center of attention. I oh, yes, I, I don't yes. even I don't even want to know what he did, but I I just heard something went down. I I don't even care. But uh, Jack, do you know who Evan Lee is? He's a big time prospect for the Nationals at one point. The pitcher? Yeah, Evan Lee for yeah. Nationals. Yeah, he pitched uh, against the Mets last year. He's a lefty, right? Uh yeah yeah. Um, there there was a guy on on Twitter. I follow a lot of uh, car break videos that that rip packs. And uh, he he pulled a Evan Lee um, ten out of twenty five signed um, Bowman first. Wow! And look at what he did. <laughs> he, he signed it as I don't even know what. How do you say that? Borat. Borat, and he draw horns and an arrow up to the first Bowman. But uh, yeah. Um, did you do any Black Friday shopping? Did I, I forgot to ask you. I actually didn't, man. I should have. Taken advantage and capitalized. You, you know what? You Your boy what, missed out. You know what I did? I I did. Uh, I bought a couple big deals on uh, Facebook uh, baseball card groups. I bought a lot of about a hundred and ninety-seven tops pro debuts. He wanted ninety-eight dollars. I talked him all the way down to fifty-five, and I'm working on another deal now. Two hundred tops, tops heritage miners, 
and I'm, I'm I already have them down to like 60, but I want to get them to 55 too. But uh, I'll try to figure that out. But Jack, uh, we talked about a, a lot here today. Um, we talked about men's basketball. You know that their flaws on the season. We talked about you know women's um women's soccer wrapping up, women's field hockey. Um, you know one more topic to talk about, and this is probably the most upsetting topic I I I have today. Um, you know, I had so many high expectations for the women's basketball team this year after that outstanding season last year, and they only graduated one key piece in Riley Dirt, but she's back as an assistant. That's that's not the same, but you know, but I mean, could sound women's basketball team. They are off to a a, rocky s- start. a, a slow start, a rocky start, whatever you want to use. But, I mean, um, this upsets me a lot because, I mean, I enjoyed watching this team last year. They were outstanding. I thought they would be right around the same, but I just, uh, this is even sad talking about because I, I love this team so much. You know, I love all the teams, and I, I hate when they're not succeeding. You know, but it is what it is, I guess. You know, I mean... Looking from the the point side of things, I mean Abby Herm with sixteen, Casey with fourteen, Zara with nine, Sydney Pearson with nine. She's back, not really doing, I would say, too much right now at this moment in time, as she had that injury last year. Annie with four. I mean, off the bench, the only person who really scored was Layla Hurley with five. Nia had zero. Noella Baxter had zero, and Olivia Smellis had zero. So only five. Only five bench points. Can you believe that? Only five. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a it's a bad number. Oh but look, the thing was coming into the season, we knew the front court was going to be solid because Casey was coming back and Abby's you know another year under her belt with experience. You know, Nia Pulliam can run that you know small forward slash you know small type of four role. You know, the front court wasn't going to be the problem, but the back court. How was the guard play going to be? With Riley and Alexis, you know, graduating, you know, you mentioned Riley Deere back with the team as an assistant coach, and that certainly helps, you know, you know, to the coaching staff there. But, you know, the guard play for me has been the big, big question mark for this team. It's who's going to step up back there. You know, who's going to be the player to take charge and take control of that, you know, that group of the team and say, you know, I'm going to be the leader here and step up and dictate how we're going to play. I mean, that's just what I'm wondering so far. I mean, you had Zara Zerman, nine points in their last game against. You know, Chestnut Hill with three assists, three rebounds, uh, but also, you know, four turnovers. I mean, got to play a little bit cleaner, obviously. And But for me, it's just the guard play. The guard play is a big, big question mark. You know, Casey and Abby on offense, you know, they led the team with 16 points and 14 points, respectively. Uh, Ramoldi does a good job still being the good defensive player that she was last year. Uh, you know, Abby's doing a good job on offense, you know, contributing with scoring on all levels, you know, in the paint, mid-range, uh, you know, shots and from outside with three-pointers. So for me, uh, it's just more of how can the backcourt play a little bit better uh, and defensively, how can they, you know, take a little bit steps closer back to what they were doing last year. And that the defense is an alarming problem, uh, but it's not as stellar as it was last year. It's still really good, but I think there's still rooms for a little bit of improvement there. But mostly the offense, I think, is where this team needs to take a little bit of a step up uh, and find ways to be a little bit more consistent. You know, you know, it's kind of similar to what the men's team's been going through. There's been lapses where this team's been struggling to find points, and yeah, it's just you know limiting the you know the stretches where they don't get points, being a little bit more consistent, and finding more all-around scoring is where you know my thing is. It was you know I mentioned the guard play, but also how are they going to fill the void that Riley Deer had scoring? 
and they haven't been able to do that so far. And I think they're still trying to work their way through and find that, you know, middle ground where, you know, it's not going to be one player who's going to fill that role, uh, but it's going to be a variety of players chipping in and, you know, evening it out, uh, you know, the void that was left by Riley Durr's, you know, offensive prowess there. Yeah, I mean, you worded it perfectly. Um, Jack, I, I want to add one more thing, too, but I, I have to read this k notebook. Just a quick question. Do you do you make these? Like, do you? No, I. that's not my responsibility. That's not yours, okay. Jason Flegelman. Jason. Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. If you don't know Jason, Jason is a great member of KUR. He's um, the guy that board ops um, a lot of the games. Um, he was really happy when I told him we don't have to. He doesn't have to do the PSAs anymore. He was so happy. Yeah, was, I, I, that's a big void that I took over. Attention, KU community! Join the Women's Center staff for Feminist Fridays held every other Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. at the Boxwood House. Feminist Friday consists of fun and interactive crafts, journaling, and a variety of activities with a feminist twist. Be sure to follow at Women's Center KU on Instagram for more information about Feminist Friday. This message of community interest is brought to you by the Radio Voices of Kutztown University KU. Where just a small heads up, you have about nine minutes to head over there. Um, this is their last of the semester, I believe. Um, they were at a meeting that I was attending um, for a different organization, and they said their last Feminist Friday was this Friday, I believe. So, nine minutes to head over there. Uh, check it on out. But if you're just tuning in, welcome to the Bears Beat. Uh, this is your home for the best coverage of Golden Bear Athletics with news, updates, upcoming events. We also share when we're doing live broadcasts. Jack, this is the one weekend I have to take off. I, I told I told Regs, um, I told you during football season even, I, I was really hating this weekend. Um, I have inductions for another um, organization that I have to attend, so no broadcast this weekend, unfortunately. Um, on KUR. On KUR, but the digital network. He, you know what? This I can't even believe this guy right here. He just has to plug himself. He's got the biggest smile on his face. Uh, he, you know, I mean, they, they gotta know where to find the game if they can't go, my guy. I well, go, go. I go mean, out to the game or listen on uh, kbears.com by tuning in. Also, you can find it on the PSAC Sports Digital Network. Variety of ways to tune into the game. I will be on the call for tonight's doubleheader against Gannon tomorrow's against Clarion. So plenty of action coming up for the basketball teams this weekend. Go out and support your Golden Bears. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot going on. Um, you know, I, I mean, just go out and support. That's the best way to support the team. I mean, if you can't make it, obviously, we, we got our own personal lives, you know. Um, yeah. Just tune in. But, you know, they they definitely appreciate the sport. But, I mean, Jack, I mean, you know, I Olivia Smellis is, is considered the center at this point. But Olivia's only a freshman, you know. She was a big member of that Jim Thorpe team I talked about many, many weeks ago. You know, they made that great state championship run, got sh- shortened by Archbishop Wood. But you know, I mean, Olivia Smell is only a freshman. She's six foot one. She definitely doesn't have the height like Riley Durr or um, Abby Hearn had. Um, but you know, there's there's really not much she can do until she gets a little more matured. I would say as a, a college basketball player, we talked about that in men's. You know, it's tough to make that transition from high school to college. That's what we're looking at right here. I think. Um, I'm, I may be wrong, um, but I think that's what we're looking at. Um, yeah, you know, and Olivia's role doesn't have to be, you know, too big right now because of, you know, we got Abby and Casey and, you know, Sydney. Those three are going to do a really good job of taking up a lot of the minutes up in the front court. So, you know, really this is just an adjustment year uh, for Smellis and really a good opportunity to learn, you know, underneath some really good players there on, you know, on the depth chart. You know, just taking in what you can, you know, can learn from, you know, the upper class players. Uh, and soak in some information and learn what you know it's like to succeed and play at a high level at the collegiate game. Uh, so I think it's going to be a good learning year uh, for Smellis, and you know it's not going to be 
barring injuries, it's not going to have to be a year where she's going to have a substantial role in the you know in the rotation to play a lot of minutes night in and night out. So that's just my take on it, uh, and it's just a good year to you know building block and you know take those opportunities and learn. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, and like you said, as her first year, it's it, it always is a learning opportunity. You know, your learning never stops with any sport. I think a lot of coaches stress that, and like I said, it, it's a good learning year. But, I mean, looking at this Jefferson game, I mean, that was a game that was played before, um, you know, the home opener against Chestnut Hill. I mean, that was that was a game that Kutztown really got out-dominated with in the very beginning. I mean, it was an extremely slow start and an extremely slow ending. Only nine points in the first quarter to Jefferson's 19. In the fourth, 12 points for Clitzan. Jefferson with 20, so they won that game 70-53. to But, I mean, Annie Leon stepped up big time with 16. Casey with 8. Zara with 7. Abby with 6. Sydney started. She had 0. Um, but, you know, coming off the bench, Nia Pulliam, you know, had a big game. Played 25 minutes with 11 points, 5 rebounds, and an assist. You know, and it it was it was a I would say it was a pretty decent day for her. You know, I mean, eleven points off the bench that's that's pretty good. You know, even last year, a lot of the bench points I would say came from Nia Pulliam if she wasn't starting. But I mean, we saw her as a starter last year. You know, really making an impact. And I mean, you know, at this moment in time, Jack, I, I don't want to focus on the negatives. I want to focus more towards um a solution. What would you say the solution for the women's basketball team is right now at this moment in time? Just, you know, having more consistent offensive sets, uh, absolutely. I think that's the number one key uh, for this team. They've done a good job on the defensive end, like I mentioned earlier. I mean, there's always room for improvement, but this team is known for their defense, and they continue to playing a solid defensive game so far this year. But really, it's just finding consistency on offense and having, you know, a little bit better guard play, I would say. Those are the two main things for me that I would pinpoint. Uh, Josh, you know, we're coming down to our final three minutes here today. Question for you real quick that's not KU-related. Are you following the World Cup? You know, I, I, I feel terrible about this. Obviously, my answer is no, just because of the way that I phrased it. Um, I've I, I seen so many people around me just following World Cup, but I, I, I never got into it. Um, but, I mean, you know, what do we got? Well, the United States is well, in the round uh, of 16. You, you know, I, I did watch that USA-Iran game. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. I was, stressful. Yeah, stressful, I, man. Yeah, I was, I was, it was, it was a little, uh, heart, it was a little, uh, my, my heart, I think, was going a little faster than it probably should have. But, um, you know, what, what, what do we got going on right now? Uh, well, the final, uh, you know, group stage games are being played out. But all I was going to say is USA plays Netherlands 10 a.m. Saturday. Watch if you can. And let's go USA, man. Chance to uh, make some noise here in the World Cup with this young team. So that's all I wanted to say. But, oh, uh, we could wrap it up with some KU sports discussion. That's uh, what we're here to do. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I really should start to uh, next year. Next year. Uh, well, it's get, every get, four get me, years. Oh, is it every yeah. four? Yep. Okay, okay. That's why it's such a big deal. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, Jack, though, you know what you need to get me into this year? March Madness. I, I want to start getting into that. I will do that. Mission accomplished. I can help you do that. I can help you do that. I, I, I really would like to get in that. I, I started to focus last year more with Duke, you know, because Coach K. But, you know, Jack, I mean, like like you said, I mean, this is a these are teams that are just struggling at this point. Um, I, I really hate to say it, but this is not going to be a year of uh, – winning success maybe the wrestling team but I mean they can turn it around I think it's a little too early to say that it's going to be a horrible year I mean they got a tough oh, test tonight five star uh, with 50 oh, oh, oh I didn't know if you're talking about the uh, uh, with both teams but yeah men's I don't know it could um, be a, women could be a women's yes they can turn year. around women's could turn around they did do have a tough test tonight they face number 15 Gannon is coming into town and you know the reigning PSAC champion Golden Knights 
Uh, it's going to be a tough game for them, but it's a you know really good early test and see what this team can be made of in the early going. As for the men's team, look, you know this is a winnable game tonight against Gannon. Neither team's you know off to a strong start by any means, but they're you know this is a winnable game. Um, like we mentioned earlier, it starts at one. Go out there, get a win, and you'd be surprised how things could turn around and how the confidence you know can be ejected a little injected, I should say, a little bit uh, with one win, and that's where things can start you know to turn around a little bit. Yeah, I mean you know they they really can turn it around tonight. Um, but Jack. It's been another great show um you know fun like usual um if you can come on out to keystone arena this friday uh and this saturday to see both men's and women's um tonight uh it is against gannon oh, gannon yep thank you and uh tomorrow against clarion um jack will be on the coverage for the psac sports Digital network you can find that on kubers.com but other than that from jack Clive, i'm josh too thanks for tuning in we'll catch you all next week